So you saw the title of this podcast and you clicked on it. And I'm pretty sure you thought to yourself, I wonder what kind of freaky, disgusting, nasty, kinky shit I could possibly learn today. And you know what? You are absolutely correct. But this podcast isn't just about sex. It's about things that I think are sexy. And who am I? Well, I'm your gracious host, V the Only Letter. And we're going to talk about a variety of topics on this podcast, like uh, politics, religion, sex, and smegma. Yeah, we're going to talk about dick cheese. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. And remember, you're sexy. It fits you a hell of a lot better than it fits me. Thanks. Ideal, how are we doing, babes? We're doing great. You sure? Yes. I'm Guys, excited. You're excited? Yes. I'm excited for you to be here. <laughs> I'm excited for you to be excited for me. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, this, uh, my name is V, the only letter, and this is the Old That Sexy podcast. It's my podcast, and I like to have people who I think are dope, people who I think are cool, and people who I think are sexy. And I have one of my good longtime friends... Yes. The Miss Ideal. I will not say your last name. That's fine. No, 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 no. No, no, no. I didn't say say my last name. No, I'm not, I'm not going to. Okay, that's great. No, but we're going to keep it first name. But her name is Ideal. Yes, yes I was born with this name. Ideal. Yes. Like, yes. it's not a game. It's not a joke. I have seen her driver's license. It says the word Ideal. Unfortunately, yes. No, no, no. That's a dope name. It's a 50-50. I ain't no 50-50. Because they ask questions and I tell them to shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah. You, you get annoyed when people ask you all day long. What is was that your, your real name? Is that your real name? What was your mother thinking? Wow. That's oh, insulting. No, no, no. Like, not insulting, but just like they wanted to know what her what concept the process what, was. Right. And I'm like, it's none of your damn business. Name your child Biscuit, and that's it. There's nothing I have to do with it. I, you know what's so interesting about names? I really don't judge names anymore. I don't either, because half of them I can't pronounce. Agreed. And I feel like if you can't pronounce my name and my name's a word, right? then there's no hope for the next generation because our generation is fucked. Like I said, I knew a girl named Chlamydia. I knew a girl named Kwanzaa. <laughs> I kid you not. And she did not celebrate Kwanzaa. At all? Was she white? No, she was black. Oh, that's good. And my mother <laughs> knew somebody named Hallelujah. Her first, wait, the first name was Hallelujah? Yes. And this is why you do not get pregnant while you're drunk and have a baby. I don't know if they did. Oh, my God. That's psychotic. People forget. Hallelujah. I can't do that. People forget that you have to go outside and actually... Represent your name. Not even represent your name. Um, Just live your life. Go on resumes and, you know... Yeah. Everything has to be structured. I don't want to apply for a job and somebody's like, well... Ideal. Who's that? 
Did she make that up? Did she pay for that name? <laughs> it's none of your business. I paid for a name. Of course. I, I changed my I name on purpose. I gave a lot of money to have a name. My like name was Shirley. And <laughs> I, I know, but you know, I know several Shirley's. They're all good people. They're all good people. Are they really? No, they, no they're genuinely good people. Okay, like every person just... that I've known that's a Shirley is genuinely a good person. Do they know how to make mac and cheese? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I feel like every Shirley should know how to make one good side. Really? Not a main, but a side. Can you make mac and cheese? Of course I can. Yeah. You I... see these arms? <laughs> you got the mac and cheese on? I got the mac and cheese. I got the collard oh, green arms. Oh my goodness. I got, I got all the sides. It's Listen. It's what happens. What did they say in that meme? Like if the arm doesn't look like a certain way, you can't. If the don't arm you... don't whip. If the arm don't, don't whip, whip. It got the wiggle to it at the if bottom. If you don't got no whip, you can't make nothing. That's oh, all that man. is. Oh, sidebar, guys, um, the drink of the episode. So, Ideal, you've known me for how many years? Ooh. Quite some time, right? Yes. What's my favorite whiskey of all time? Makers. So, of course, you know what this episode is dedicated to, right? To Makers. Oh, my God. It's the best whiskey in the world. Next to Muddle Spirits, shout out to my homegirl, Marie. Remember I told you I went to a brewery? Mm-hmm. That's her. Sweet. Muddle I have Spirits. to go. Yeah, you got to go. I'll take you on a tour. Yes, that'd be she, lovely. I'll schedule the tour. I'll bring you out there. And her whiskey is like, um, it's sold in certain shops. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I have her episode posted, I guess um, I'll post a link to her website. Sweet. So you guys can like figure out what, like what shots. But her her whiskey is really fucking delicious, man. I would love that. Shit, and it's not in a little bit of it. Like I guess what we're sipping on, it'll it'll have you in like in the right place. But that's the thing. I've been trying to build my bar up, but I don't want to put things that people know of. Right. I want them to try different things. But at the same time, don't drink my shit up. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm inviting you. You get a sip. Right. Oh, this is intriguing. Okay, the liquor store's over there. Yeah. Internet's over there. Figure it out. What? What's your drink of choice? I know you like your Moscow Mule. Yes. But what's your, what's your like... I'm an old school ghetto girl. I like my uh, Bacardi. Yes, I like my Bacardi and ginger ale. Bacardi, Bacardi and gold. Coke. Yes, either gold or um, or just what else do I like? Vodka and cranberry. That's a basic. Yeah, I like simplicity. You ever like, had a Manhattan? Yes. I love those shits. I know you do. Fuck, I love those that's shits. That's the sad part. Yeah. I know. That's I'm your, such a that's senior your citizen, man. That's your cocktail of choice. No, 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 no. Old Fashions, old fashions yes. is the go-to one. Yes. And then number two is Manhattan's. the Manhattan's. And, uh, and then I might like a dirty martini every now and again. Oh, so dirty. Yeah, man. I love that shit. It's dirty. I can't you, get enough of it. You, you Have you ever seen Mad Men? That is... The fifth greatest show of all time. Okay, just checking, cause I think that's that's the vibe that I'm getting from you. Oh, all the time. Ever since I seen um, Don Draper, like drink all fast. I was like, I was like twenty three. Don Draper was like the coolest cat. Oh I swear. Oh my god, he was so fucking dope. He was so dope that he didn't even know how dope he was, so he just was clinically depressed for no reason. <laughs> like. He didn't know his potential. He was so dope at work. Like, to have that much... Swag. Co- that much swag and everybody look at you as the man. And you're just like, fuck my life. Like, everything's Because it was wrong. a fake life. It wasn't real. It wasn't even that it wasn't real. He had the right life. He just didn't want that life. Then when he actually got something that he thought he wanted, it ended up being back to square one. Because she wanted the same things that the first wife wanted. Right. So it was just like, 
Are you serious? But I think that's a good representation of what like life is today, especially with the influence of social media. It depends. How you figure? Well, we was talking about this at work today. Um, how most of like the, the the society's norm is for mothers to have babies and okay. just take care of them fully. So what do you okay define fully? So what I'm saying is my uh, my cousin. Okay. She had a baby with okay. her uh, boyfriend at the time. Okay. They were madly in love. She was all happy. Everything was all shits and giggles. Okay. You know, and then once she started to get in like her third trimester, she noticed that he was talking to other girls on his phone. And she, how old was how? If you don't mind me asking, mind how you, old? she's 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 nineteen at the time. So how she old is he? same same age. Oh, they grew up across the street from each other. All they knew was each other since middle school. So the mother doesn't, her, his mother doesn't like her okay. and his grandmother doesn't like her because I guess they feel like he, they trapped the kid or something. No, like no, that. no. Not before, before the kid, like he, he does everything for her. He takes care of her, but it's like, I didn't ask you to. But he's eight, but he's 17. This is, he's infatuated with, he loves yeah. her. This is what, you know, this it's is what teenage teenagers love. do. Right. Yeah. And so, after the baby shower, um, like about a week or two before she had the baby, she told him she didn't want to be with him no more. He didn't believe it. A week or two before the baby. Before the baby. So, she was like, I didn't want to be with you. I didn't want to be with you anymore because you're you're entertaining other people when I thought it was just us. I understand. It was always us. It was never them. I understand. So, okay, cool. So, he stopped. Then after she gave birth, everything was hunky-dory. We all cool. By the way, I'm the godmother. Mm. Of course. Anyway. Um, <laughs> had to throw that one in yes, there. Yes, I had to. That's the. That's How the, cute that's, is the baby? That's my pride and joy. I call him peanut butter because his, his skin is so smooth. Oh. Like creamy peanut butter. I love it. Okay. Anyway. he um, they, they were chilling. They were having a good time, you know, yeah. first two, three months. Then she noticed he was back on his bullshit. Mm. So... She decided she wasn't going to take that and have to deal with a child and have to deal with him too. So she told him that she wanted she didn't want to be with him anymore, and that devastated him. Now, on the outside looking in, I've spoken to her about this several times. He's one of those people that just doesn't have a mind of his own. Well, it's, it's not fully developed yet. It's he not, have it's a not sense that it's self. not fully developed. Yeah, he doesn't have a sense of self. So a lot of the times, she thought for him. She did a lot for him. Um, he went away to college and she was upset about that. But when he went away, who was doing the homework? Who was doing all that's taken care of? He flunked out his first, he didn't even finish his first semester. He fucked up and he came back home. And it's because all the time in high school, she was doing his projects. She was doing all of this, helping him with his papers and stuff. She was like his teacher outside of school, his tutor. So without what her being there. What did she get there, out of the relationship? She really cared for him. She really liked him. You know what I'm saying? This is this is just something ongoing. She always they always went everywhere with each other. You know they always did. They grew up together. Right. So now that she real she realized like you know this isn't working for her. He's becoming bitter. So after they separated, he didn't want to pick up his son. He didn't want to take care of his son. He would, the the communication between the mother, I mean the aunt, I mean the aunt, 
the grandmother and the mother mm-hmm. on his side mm-hmm. was different than what he told her, the baby mother. Really? So he would tell her, oh, I'm going to pick, I'm going to have him on weekends. But then not tell the grandmother and the mother, and then she pop up across the street with the baby. And, the and baby, everyone's looking at her And the like baby's she's looking like, like, and so they'll get a call. She'll get a call talking about, oh, when are you picking up your child? What are you talking about? He agreed to take him on weekends. Well, he's not here. He's at work, and I'm taking care of him. So now you're adding more conflict, more fuel to the fire. They don't ever. They already don't like me. Now that I have their grandson, you're adding more fuel. Uh, well, so I I spoke to her yesterday, and she was complaining about how he was supposed to take him, and but he saw him in the street and. You know, hugged him and stuff, played with him a little bit, and then walked about his merry way and went to go smoke hookah and party and stuff. So I explained to her, and it was sad that I explained to her that this is is a norm. You knew that when you got pregnant by this person, there was a major possibility that there was going to be a character change. There was going to either be he steps up or he steps out. So in the in the process of this, I'm telling her, expect to be by yourself. Expect to support and lean on your family and on yourself and strategize around this child. Because you 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 don't have time to be depressed. You know, as a woman, you don't have time to be depressed, breathe, relax, you know. They think depression or postpartum isn't real. No, it's a very real. It's so real, real that are, some women still deal with it, and their child is fifteen, sixteen. There, you know, yeah. There are some. I I spoke to a woman who um she volunteers her time to deal with uh, and mentor women after um they've delivered, mm-hmm. and the depression that they feel having this child is insurmountable. Like I, I it's it it blew my mind how like um. How severely sad people were that they had a baby. And it wasn't the fact that it was just like, you know, I have a baby, the baby's here. It's just more like, I'm a fucking mom. What the fuck am I going to do? It depends. Some people are, well, some mothers are, and it's like three categories I see it as. Okay. One, they just don't have no bond with the child. Okay, I can understand that. So as soon as the child comes out, they're like, okay, I have a kid. And... Okay, I know I have a person I have to take care of. It also depends on the psyche of the person right. because if you're if you're someone that tends to detach yourself from reality um whenever things get tough, right? So let's say something is going on in your life. There are some people who when they get stressed out, they just simply detach. They just don't want to deal with it. They just unfortunately, I'm one of those individuals. I will detach, but I have to tell myself that detaching is not the best solution. Right. I have to attach myself to something that is difficult. It is going to make me grow. Things are going to suffer, but I am not going to die. I will get through it. Right. There's a bit of that detachment. So I I understand that part where they say they don't have a relationship to the child because it's like... But some of them never get a relationship to the child. Some of them never bond. They just realize this is somebody I have to take care of till 18. Then they have to figure it out. Then you have... It's it's sad. Fuck. But this is a generational thing. This is a thing that's been going on for so long, mm-hmm. and it's been, and it's become a norm. So his so think about it this way. The baby father's mother 
doesn't know how to teach him to be a man. A woman cannot teach no, a man to course, be a man. Of course, of course. But what I'm saying is right from wrong. If I tell you, you need to pick up your kid. You need to be around your kid. Well, that's, Me that's more accountability no, than no, no. anything okay, else. Okay, but, but that's part of being a man, holding yourself accountable. Mm, that's part of being a woman as well. Yes, but if you're trying to, if, you're, if your only child is a son, I, could, I, I understand what you mean. they just had a child. I understand the accountability mean. part is a major key. The responsibility part is a major key. It's super. I'm super not saying yeah. stay and help the baby mother. If you don't want to deal with her. You don't have to deal with her. But what you have to deal with is the responsibility. You decided to have this child. This wasn't a 50 50 thing. She decided to, you know, keep the child. But you decided to, you know, say, hey, you know, let me not protect myself. You know, if she's not protecting myself, you you got that familiar with her yeah. to the point where you know that there's a big possibility that and she's she not on birth control. control. Right. She's not taking care of herself that way. Right. And you're not doing your part because you think, oh, because just because it's a I'm doing you, you're doing me. It's just us. But they are that 19. doesn't mean that yeah, they're 19. Right. I, I mean, think. OK, think about when you were 19. When I was 19. How much did you know? I knew a very, fairly good amount. You know why? Because I, me personally, I look out and I notice different habits from different people. I notice were you the, different were you, actions. So I watch different things. I try to prevent things from happening to me because I have a fear of it. Were you always a perceptive like child? Like Yes. I was always a perceptive child. I was always a perceptive in any social group, whether I've always had fun with people, you know, did I've did I've done wrong things, you know. Who hasn't? Right, but it's the fact that when it's big situations, yeah, I freak out because I'm like, if that happens to me, what will I do? So when I saw, you know, certain people, oh yeah, you know, me and my boyfriend, we having sex, we doing this, we doing that, yeah, we don't use no condoms, blah blah. blah. And Red then flag. a couple of a couple of days later. Oh, I don't, I don't know if I might be pregnant. Since you six, knew what you were signing up for. Six sixteen. I've been on the pill. <laughs> like it's like yes. Thankfully, yes. I w- was having sex around fourteen. I started, mm-hmm. but then I realized I was like, wait, I'm not, I'm not doing this. No, I can't. I can't be a teenage mom. I'm, I'm too selfish. Mm. So I freaked out. And I told my mom, I said, hey, mom, um, I just want to get on the pill. And she understood. She didn't ask me for an explanation. You know, she was a teenage mom herself. She had my brother at 19. And um, she was like, whatever you want to do. So she took me to the clinic. She didn't ask me, was I having sex? She didn't really care. She just wanted to know that if I was, that I was protecting myself. And I said, well, this is one way that I'm protecting myself. That's the most mature thing a 16-year-old female can do. I freak out over a toe stump. I stump my toe, I freak out. I'm like, is my toe going to fall off? So by me thinking that I want to have a kid, I'm, no. I didn't even get to enjoy life yet, you know? So why would I want to try Spoil to... That. Why would I want to try to ruin other people's lives by giving my child to somebody else to take care of while I'm going to live my life? Right. You know, that's not fair to the child, the people around me that I'm abusing their their time and right. efforts, you know. Right. It takes a village to raise a child. I'm, I don't want to abuse that village Boy, when it. I do need it, you know. I, I, yeah. That's the only thing. What's, 
what were the other two reasons we were talking about like like after like after a mom has a child like so we would like all right detachment issues like they don't they're detached they don't they don't they don't they don't real the they don't realize that they use the child as a as a tool. a scapegoat a tool to release them so they feel trapped so they'll they'll be like okay I have the kid you know everybody's all happy all the attentions on me you know baby shower big thing. Everybody want to touch my belly, want to say hi. But then once the baby's born, everybody dissipates. But it's all about the baby at this point. It's all about the baby, right. But a lot of people just wanted to be there for the baby shower, hug you, say I love you, you know, if you need a babysitter. But when you do need a babysitter, you can't can't get in contact with them, you know. And then they start to rely heavily on family, especially at a young age. They want to still be out exploring the world that's a great thing but you didn't choose that right before you did what you did so therefore they feel like they're missing out because they see all their friends on trips they see their friends doing this doing that now it's just a little harder for them because they have to find somebody to take care of their child while they go get the rest of their education gotta find a babysitter so they can go to the club with their friends once in a while gotta find but but there's the thing that adds on to the responsibility of two parents. Yeah, so does. I need to live my life. You need to live your life. But at the same time, we need to find a balance. Is it worth it to have kids? I feel like it's worth it. Yeah. You don't think so? You know what it is about. It depends on the vibe. It depends on the person that you're, you're doing this with. Because it's not. That. it's not even the fact that. I'm having a kid with somebody. It's the fact that I'm having a kid with somebody that I know I can count on. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a team yeah. effort, you know. I think I, I, I totally see that point of where where things are a team effort, but I also see this point of for okay, let's say for instance you play the game in a certain way where you you're in your thirties and you're potentially looking around for a partner to spend the rest of your life with and you can, mm-hmm. you want to start a family you live the majority of your life responsibility free mm-hmm. you haven't had to sacrifice for someone else you may have to sacrifice your, for yourself to put yourself in a better position in life right. right but you haven't had to sacrifice for someone who literally cannot defend themselves they can't fend for themselves that's a that's the most sacrificial thing that you can do as a human being mm-hmm. is to put your shit on pause to make to ensure someone else grows and that they can have the best life possible. But your shit is on pause. Not necessarily. Like I said, it's a partnership. If you have somebody that's a great partner, mm-hmm. this is you don't have to necessarily be in a relationship with somebody to have a child. I totally agree but with that. at the same time, I need somebody as a partner in life. This is a different phase of life. This is not just somebody I go on trips with, you know, hang out with. Right. You know, we just vibe, we cool. Right. No, this is a different phase that we both agreed upon and that we want to better our lives. This is bringing joy into our lives, not pain. I'm not trying to bring pain into my life. I'm trying to bring joy and Express that joy through family, you know, have something that you never had before. This is your own family. This is something that you can build 
and make better. The only person that can ruin that is yourself. You, that's that's okay. You make a great you make a great argument. Here's the thing though, you can have a family without kids. It could just be you and your and your partner, and that that still. Can but if sit- you don't have a partner, oh, that's the hard part. That's the thing. If you don't have a partner, but you are willing to co-parent, and you feel like that's the void that you need to fill at this point in time in your life, that's the next step for you. Co-parenting is rough, man. It depends. Like I said, it depends on the vibe. It depends on the person. If you have a, if you have, okay, I hate that term, bitter baby mother and bitter baby father. That's only they for exist. that's they do exist. I'm not downing that. A large percentage I'm, of them exist. But they exist because people want to be petty nowadays. But, okay, and I understand. People want to be petty. They don't want to see the other person flourish. They don't want to see the other mm. person move on. Now, you got to understand, it's like any relationship. We had sex. We got pregnant together. It's not I got pregnant. We got pregnant together. And I realized you don't want to be with me. You just want to be, be here. with you. Right. And right. you just want to be with the child. That's fine. But at the same time, we have to come at it to a consensus where it's just like. We have to figure this thing we out. Have to, we have to sit down and map this out. We got to do this for, for the child. This is the best thing for the child. And if I have a relationship with somebody, you have a relationship with somebody, there has to be some type of boundaries. Okay. You know? And that's just how it is. But some people can't get to that point. Whether they had good times, and they f- tend to forget that people had, you know, they had a good time together, you know, when but they it, it, before but, the child came. But see, that's the thing about it. I think I just think I feel that people lack. Okay, so here's the thing that I, I think society, and again, it goes back to like how I feel about social media. Everybody knows I feel like social media is a fucking crapshoot. Okay, that's everybody's opinion. Yeah, you'd be surprised, but some people don't feel that it, it really is. But. Mm-hmm. The lack of maturity astounds me right now. People want to do certain acts that require the utmost sense of duty, accountability, responsibility, and they don't have that shit. People want to do whatever they want, when they want, how they want, with no responsibility Yeah, but that's not the way life works. And it's not. It's not, but you know what it is? Like I said, it's going back to a generational thing. Because X, Y, and Z's mother Mm. doesn't know how to teach them accountability and responsibility, always yapping and yelling at them, Mm. and they're rolling their eyes, they don't care. That's the same vibe that she gave her mother. Well, the mother of X, Y, and Z doesn't have accountability herself. Or the father of X, Y, and Z doesn't have accountability. Their parents are petty. Right. So therefore... Their grandparents were petty because it's just a generational thing. If I leave my child right here and they see me smoking and drinking and partying and stuff, when they get of age, they're going to want to smoke and drink and party. I'm not, I'm, you I'm not going to lie about that's that. That's not, a very true thing. It's just what they follow is how they live. If you see that a grown man doesn't cry, you know. They're going to think there's a, they're gonna think men that don't cry. Men don't cry, you know, and that's so sad. It's so, so sad yeah. that a lot of men, especially ethnic men, blacks and Hispanics, they are taught not to express their emotions. That one is heavy because a lot of stuff can be prevented if they express their emotions. But they bottle them up because either the father wasn't there or the mother taught them not to cry when they were younger. 
they going for oh man up. You don't tell no yeah, four year old to man, man up. up. See that's a that's a that's one of the the phrases. So here's the thing about like manning up. That's one of the worst things you could ever tell a boy. You don't tell him to man up. I don't care if he's playing sports or whatever. It's a way that you talk to them in order for them to gain courage, enlightenment, you know, to boost themselves up and right. self-esteem. By telling them to man up, you're just making them hard and cold. Now, have you did you see the Marshawn Lynch video about um him and uh, this parent? They were going at it? No. Okay, so just to give you a synopsis. So pretty much, um, you know who Marshawn Lynch is. He's a... A uh, famous running back. I know you're not in the sports. You know I don't do the sports. I know you don't. He's a, <laughs> he's a famous he's a famous Super Bowl winning running back for he used to play for the Seattle Seahawks at the time when he won the Super Bowl, and um, he's hosting a drill with kids. Right. I just want your opinion about this. One of the kids was not performing well in the drill, and so he screams at the kid. Now these kids are around about maybe 11, 10, 9. Kid, get the fuck out of my drill, and go sit down. Mind you, this is football. Okay. The parent overhears this, calls the kid, and says, we're getting the fuck out of here. So, she walks up to Marshawn Lynch, and she's like, you're not going to talk to my kid any kind of way. I don't tolerate that. That's disrespectful. And he says, ma'am, your son was not performing well on my drill. I'm going to need him to get out of the line. So, they kind of go away away from the kids because they don't want to argue in front of the children because that looks really bad, right. right? So he's explaining to her, like, look, your son was not performing well in my drill. I told him to get out of my drill because um, he's not listening to me. She says, why did you have to curse at them? He says, man, with all due respect, is there a man with you? I love your face. She said... <laughs> If, guys, you need to see her face. Her face was like, what? Uh, uh. <laughs> so he says, is there a man with you? Again, she says, what does that have to do with anything? He says, because if I explained it to a male, he's going to understand it. Then I, I doubt you would. Question, does he have kids? Yes. Sad. Um, okay, I don't think it's sad. It, no, it's sad. It's not. It, you know why it's sad? Explain. It's sad because he talks to his kids like that. He talks to his own children like that. So then the generation is still going to continue. They're going to speak to their children like that. Or they're going to have some type of emotional baggage because of the fact that he spoke to them in such harsh tones at young ages. You don't have... Listen, joking around is one thing. Okay. You can joke around and say, hey, you know, get the fuck out the line, stop playing with me, blah, blah, blah. But then when you have a stern voice and to have that in the back of your head, that child can go home and do something wrong and think in the back of their head, well, you fucked up earlier. You know, what makes you think you're not going to fuck up now? It's it's a whole mindset that they won't get. That's the time when they're mostly a sponge. And that sponge absorbs everything. And when they squeeze out, when they young, when it's young adults, they squeeze out, it's over. It's no way to go back and revert the whole situation. They're going to keep thinking, I'm a fuck up. Okay. I keep fucking up. Let me get away. Let me go away. Let me do this. Let me go do that. Okay. I see that point. And I definitely agree with you on that. But here's where I think you're wrong about this. I think, mm-hmm. you're, to- I think you're totally wrong. 
you have to realize that in certain phases in your life, that type of talk is very necessary to motivate you to do what you have to do. Now, the way he spoke to that kid, I'm pretty sure it was super aggressive. But he has to realize that he's also participating in a super aggressive event that requires, I don't know, super aggression. Mm-hmm. You're playing football. Football is not, it's not, I'm not saying that, you know what I mean? Like if you're a pussy, you can't play. The, football is a very violent, aggressive, fast sport. Right. And if you are not performing certain drills correctly, you if can you do hurt not yourself, get, you can really damage yourself for the rest of your life. Right. This man has won a Super Bowl. This man has is arguably one of the greatest running backs in history. There are thousands of kids that would love, love to, to just be in his spot. Just to listen to him talk. Mm-hmm. Don't bullshit anybody's time. If he's telling you, get the fuck out of my drill. Now, granted, the optics of it, it looks really bad because why this big, burly, black male... It's talking to a nine-year-old It's talking to a nine-year-old extremely disrespectful. But you know what? That nine-year-old is going to want to continue to play football, right? What happens when he turns 11? What happens when he turns 13? And people say worse. Yeah, of course people are going to say worse. It's just a matter of how you say it. But what happens when he's going up against other teams? What happens when somebody who's not even on his level is talking shit to him and he lets that get in his head? What happens to that? What happens to, yeah, I told you to get the fuck out of the drill and I pull you to the side and I'm like, I need you to stop bullshitting me. See, that's one thing. That's if you do that. He wasn't allowed the opportunity to do that. But who's to say that he was going to do that? But who's to say that he was going, he wasn't going to? But I'm pretty sure he's what, not. I'm pretty sure a male, a coach, is not going to curse out a kid and not walk up to the kid. And I've been in sports my whole entire life. Right. I've got cursed out in sports. I've got cursed out. Mm-hmm. Every time I've gotten cursed out during practice, I've gotten pulled to the side, and I've been told, "Dude, you can do this. You can do that. You can do this. You can do that." A great coach would do that. But that's because that's sort that's like a sideline apology without apologizing. That's like I'm That's tough a really that's a really okay, that's a think that's about, a cute about way it. of saying that. It's sure. not even a cute way of saying it. That is what it is. I will yell and scream at you, I will be tough on you. But then when we're when we're by ourselves or if I get a chance to pull you to the side, I'm going to try to sl- somewhat explain to you why I was so hard on you so you can understand it's not just me being nasty. It's me trying to discipline you and make you a better you. I get that. Okay. That's how it's supposed to be. I get that. But, but saying that it's an apology is kind of like... I'm not saying it's an apology. You're condescending like what he... What what the structure of what a coach would want to do. It's not even like it's an apology, but it's necessarily explaining his actions. I'm explaining... I agree to that. I'm explaining to you. That's like with, with most... Most leaders that actually yell and scream, discipline in a certain way, they explain to the person, especially when the person feels down, or you can see it in their face, like "fuck." I fucked they, up. They they fucked up. They fucked up my insides. Like I'm I'm torn. Right. So in that in that sense, by you going to back and telling them, listen, you fucked up on this. 
I need you to understand why I spoke to you like this. I need you to understand. I need you to get up. I need you to better yourself. Do better. Don't come out here with this bullshit. You know, you speak to them like that to the side. Granted, that's what the coach does. But then when they just constantly yelling and screaming, yelling and screaming, calling you a piece of shit, never acknowledging you when you do good, then that's a problem. I agree to that. That's a fuck up right there. You're not going to keep yelling and, and putting negative thoughts in my child's head. And, you know, you're supposed to be their coach. You're going to yell and scream at them? I get that. That's part of the training. I get that. But you're not going to go and not Berate give them positive. My child. Yes, you're not yeah. going to give them positive reinforcements. I've had a teacher. Oh, let's in get into th- teachers. Those I've are, had a teacher in third grade. Those are interesting people. Very interesting. And I, I love teachers. I don't, I'm, not to cut you off, right. I have a lot of good friends that are teachers. Right. This, the shit. Okay, you want to hear you want to hear about interesting thing about kids? Get a teacher drunk; they'll tell you all kids are fuck ups. Yeah, except for maybe one, one or, or two, two that are like really exceptionally. Pets. Yeah, and they're good. really pets. Yeah, they're teachers' pets, and they know it, and that's fine. But that's just how the households are raised, and you can base everything off the kids. When you when those kids step into that that's classroom, sexy. Oh, households. <laughs> That's sexy. When you when your kid steps into that classroom, right? It's a reflection of the household. It's not a reflection of the parent. It's a reflection of the household. Anybody in that household is bringing that kid up, is raising that child. So if you have a mother that really doesn't care, doesn't have time, you have uh, brothers and sisters that really are doing their own things, making fun of them when they actually do good and stuff. You're gonna have a kid who's shy and fucks up and. You know, doesn't really want, doesn't have an eagerness to learn. But then when you give them that tool and you you give them that attention that they need, they're either clinging to the teacher or they don't feel like they're good enough at all. Then you have those kids where there's certain parents that come home late at night, tired as fuck, come home, but they help them with their homework. They encourage them to do better. They come to some of the meetings or they come to some of the stuff just to encourage their child. They make the cookies and stuff. You know, my mother wasn't always there. My mother couldn't always make it to everything. But when she did, that gave me encouragement to do more. That's why when I, when I fucked up or if I was almost on the verge of failing, I can't do that because she helped me. You know, it gave me that kind of concept. Like most kids, but but I, not most kids. I'm just saying. Yeah, most kids aren't aware of that sacrifice. It's it's based off of the household. If you give your child certain tools, and you're on them about it, not necessarily like a nag. Yeah, nagging, nagging never. Nagging works. doesn't work. Nagging makes them want to do the opposite. If you tell them they have to be straight and narrow, they're going to want to go on that other road just because you told them that they want to go straight and narrow. Right. I'm not saying necessarily that it's all about the parents, it's all about the household, but the teachers have a factor too because most of the teachers that are older, they tend not to give a fuck anymore because they want tenure. They just want their, they want their check and go. If you fail, you fail. I really don't give a fuck. Then you have some, some teachers that just won't stop caring. I'm not going to stop till you pass this class. You might hate me, but at the end of the day, you're going to pass this class because I'm going to help you. Yeah, Diamond doesn't, though. You know, Diamond doesn't. Because our school system is horrible. 
You got 40, almost 30, 30 to 35 kids in each class. And not, and that's, and it's not just horrible, like statewide, it's horrible, like countrywide. Countrywide. I'm not saying just for the state. No, it's, you got about it's 30 disgusting. to 35 kids in each class. Some of them have learning disabilities, but the, the, the special needs programs are full up or the school that you're going to doesn't even have one. Also, the way that people are are learning is extremely archaic like no one learns based off of like visualization in a sense of where like if you write it on the board i have to memorize it memorizing knowledge doesn't work it doesn't work for everybody no i I feel like when you i think most people are kinetic learners like they have to touch it and feel it or if it's information that's retained to them a lecture doesn't work an open dialogue and a conversation where there are difference of opinions Right. work because now I'm engaged in a conversation I have to listen to what you're saying and I have to take it in because then I have to respond to what you're saying and then I can actually bring back certain parts of it to right. another conversation like hey you know in this lecture we had we were talking back and forth right. and you know and then I'm like wait I'm not even in class right. I actually remember half the, shit, half the we, shit that we talked right. about and then you of course you don't want to be the dumbass you want to come back a little bit harder the very next day so then you're probably going to read more text and be like Oh, hold on. There's something about X, Y, and Z. Right. You know, I I totally agree that um, the way that the school structure is is set up, it 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 really is basically set up for you to fail. Have you seen the um the actual topic that was like arising about everybody, the cop that arrested the two six year olds? I've 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 overheard it. I'm I'm not well versed in it. Explain it. What the fuck happened? He, it was two six-year-old kids. Yes. And the cop arrested two six-year-old kids. One of them got processed. Wait, hold on. Wait, wait, yes. wait, 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 wait. Was it, so, so you mean, was it, no, 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 no. You mean so to tell they me got, they got arrested for a scare listen, tactic? No, no. Like, fingerprints were lifted. Listen, there was two kids. Six-year-old. Two six-year-olds. I don't know the extent of what they were doing because they don't elaborate on what they were doing, but basically they were throwing tantrums. One of them at least was throwing a tantrum. I don't know what the other one did or the severity of the situation to the point where he put cuffs on these two kids, children. They're not even children. They're kids. These two six-year-olds, they're in first grade, you know, put them in cuffs, Took them to the station, right? One of One of them got processed. One of them, the one that got processed had a temper tantrum and kicked somebody. You know, I don't know the severity why they had the temper tantrum, what, you know, but even if you have to restrain a child, put that child in a room, let that child go off as much as they want to till they calm down. You don't restrain them by putting them in cuffs, putting them in the back of a car. You know how scary that is for a six-year-old? What was the and race of the kids? They were black, and the cop was black. What state was this in? Florida. Waste man. <laughs> <laughs> Top boy got you, didn't Top it? boy. Top boy got yes. you. Oh, but, um, man. Yeah, so basically oh, the grandmother... Florida? The grandmother got a call. The uh, the 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 first kid, um, they released back to the school. The other kid that got actually processed, fingerprint. Imagine I'm the I'm the person fingerprinting and taking this child's picture. I'm stopping automatically. 
who the fuck gave y'all permission to do this? Give give me your commanding officer. Who the fuck told you this was okay? But listen to this. So I have I have questions. I have a lot of questions. The what the main thing is he didn't he got fired. The cop got the fired. The cop got fired, but he only got fired because he didn't have permission to arrest the child. Not because of the fact that he arrested a child, because of the fact that he didn't have permission. You did not give me permission to arrest this child and process this child, so I'm getting fired. Not because of the fact that I put cuffs on a child and it wasn't that severe. If the child is under 12 and they're putting cuffs, I feel like it's because the cop witnessed a murder of them killing somebody or something of that severe emergency where they have to put them in a car, put the cuffs on them, but there wasn't nothing that serious. I'm going to say something very uh, controversial. How old is six? What do you mean? How old is six? How old is six years old? Do you know right from wrong at six? You know some, but you're still learning. I I totally agree with that. Some things you know, you something you know what it is with six year olds. They not even <clears throat> at six or under, they get a feel of what's right and what's mm-hmm. wrong. What's right and what's wrong. I can. Okay, so we're but going here, to just... but here we go. The the grandmother stated that she had sleep apnea, and that might be a reason why she had the tantrum. The six-year-old so, has sleep apnea. Yes. So At six. She, listen. She hold is on. Not, wait, wait, she no, was, idea. Hold they on. Hold on. She slow was, down. Yes. Slow down. They, A six-year-old has sleep apnea. This is what they say. Did you see a photo of the children? No. I How does a six-year-old have sleep apnea? I have no idea. But then the officer said, well, I'm sleep deprived all the time. I don't act like that. You're a fucking whole adult. You're closer to death than she is. Are you serious? Oh my Christ. This is really He's holding them accountable as if they're at drinking age limit. Are you serious? Here's what I want to know. They don't even know cursive yet, bro. Okay, but here's what I want to know why they're arrested. If the six-year-old kid... Okay, let's say, for instance, the six-year-old kid is having a temper tantrum, Right? At what point in time do you feel like it's a it's immediate arrest? If they gra- if they grab if they grab a scissors aiming to stab someone, okay. yes, I gotta I gotta I gotta put you down. Not even not even put you. I don't have to arrest you. I gotta arrest I can, you. I can grab the scissors from you, or I can put you in a room where you need to calm the fuck down. No, call your parents. That's no. the first thing. Call the parents. Okay, I agree with calling the parents. Call the, pro- the parents. The pro- but the thing about it is, is that it's a six-year-old kid. Okay, let's say he was. Let's say the six-year-old kid was grabbing a pair of scissors. Okay, he grabbed a pair of scissors to potentially stab another kid. You're six years old. If you were to do that, I have to restrain the child any way possible, even though I know that this kid. Pr- if you have play scissors, I know that you're not gonna you're not gonna stab another kid. Like that's just not gonna work. But if you have a sharp ass piece. But if of you paper. got a sharp ass, pe- shut up. <laughs> if you have a sharp ass piece of scissors, if you right. have a piece of scissors, if you have a sharp ass scissor, I don't know what you're gonna do. 
Yeah, I don't but- know if you've seen it in a movie and you wanted to perform it. I don't know if you've seen this on wrestling and you wanted mm-hmm. to do it. Mm-hmm. If you're arresting a kid for just being a distraction in class, let's say, for instance, you just want to be loud, be annoying, um, you just want to disrupt the teacher. Hell, you want to, you probably, I, there's kids that, you know, they yell at the teacher like, y'all suck my dick or some, some crazy ass insult. That's not, that's not arrest worthy. Like, that's remove you from the classroom, hold you into a room, yada, yada, yada. Right. But if you're talking about, I'm going to, even if you have a fight, I can let you rock. If you, the minute you start taking objects and you want to start assaulting other kids in a violent manner and you're not going to stop, that child needs to see some type of the child needs to be The child needs to be detained. But I it does told, not, I totally but I don't that. think that taking them to jail and processing them, they don't even know what processing is. They're going to learn so, today. But no, 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 no. You're gonna learn. There's today. a way to go about things like that, where you can put them in a different room, have them in a different setting, and say or let them let them blow some fucking steam. Let them blow the steam until their parents come and let the parents deal with it. Because at the end of the day, if they're so out of line, you can expel them, tell them, listen, they can't come to the school no more. They're in danger to themselves and in danger to others. And we can't have this here. That's, that's what we're, we're worried about everybody else. But in this case, it was not like that. The mere tantrum that she gave did not equate to her, her being getting arrested. arrested. So it, was it a female that got arrested? It was a little girl. It was a girl that got arrested. It was a little six-year-old girl. Who got put? I'm sorry, I, I I don't mean I, I apologize to everybody but listening. Even the, the I, thought, gen- I, I thought it was under the I thought it was a, a little boy. It doesn't but matter. Even, it, it the, doesn't gender matter the gender doesn't matter. It's the fact that that child is a child. Yeah, but here's the but and I, I don't give a fuck what type of tantrum you do not process a child to jail. If I'm the one giving those fingerprints, I'm telling you. I'm stopping immediately when I see that. Ch- Who did this? Did y'all call their parents? Why aren't their parents here? Right. I'm not touching them. Right. Get your superior. Tell them to tell me to do it. So I have a reason to back myself up and back this child up. This child doesn't even know what's going on. They don't understand anything. I to- but I- That's like you getting somebody a green card from a different country mm-hmm. don't speak the same language mm-hmm. and then deporting them and they don't know what the fuck they're talking about what nobody's talking about I understand that here's the thing though how dangerous is the tantrum I don't think the severity of the tantrum was not was that severe because if it was the reporters would have said she had a knife, she had scissors, she, you know, she threw things at the the, the teacher. I, she tried. I, I, she put I tacks that. in the teacher's chair. You know, she didn't do any of that. I, I, I understand. All they that. said was that she that they merely said that she kicked somebody in the midst of the of the tantrum. Bitch, you can kick me all you fucking want to, as long as you don't kick me in my face. Because what I do is I detain you. I put you down. I will hold you down. Not in a forcibly way to the point where you're bruised up. I will hold you down. But, then, but that's the one thing that, that teachers in those age brackets aren't taught. 
they are they're taught to teach them for you know have a different learning system but they're not taught when things like that happen how to properly subdue a child and where they're not hurting the child but we also live in a fickle time with kids okay let's okay so let's let's acknowledge the fact that we live in a time where it is a very guilty until proven innocent culture and it's okay. always a he say, she say. Right. And the minute it comes out, a teacher was pinning down a child, that teacher's automatically fired. Of course. Okay? So, let's let's kind of just give some more context to this, though. I'm not saying that the arrest was necessary. But what I'll say is, I'm pretty sure it was a teacher who was... In fear. In fear of not the kid... Of what I would do what to the become. kid. No, uh, what, uh, no, what, it, what oh, even what? Okay, cool. That's a termination right there. If not a termination, that's basically a lawsuit right there. Because oh boy, do let people love to sue. People love to sue. This that that's the new trend. It is next to baby showers. It, oh, damn, fuck, fuck. That's sad. You don't even want to get married anymore. You want to have a baby shower because you know that that's the that's just like. The biggest you'll ever be. That's the biggest party you'll ever have. Not the wedding or the anniversary. I oh, fuck that. But the baby shower. Baby showers are dope, kid. Baby showers are dope. Baby showers are dope. I don't go to Especially baby Haitian baby showers. Phenomenal. I don't like to go to baby showers. I feel like baby Phenomenal. showers. Phenomenal. Baby showers tend to pass on that baby fever to people. And then they end up pregnant. That's why I don't go. go. You gotta go to a Haitian baby shower. If it wasn't for my cousin getting pregnant, you would have never went. her making me the godmother, I would have never went. I would have said, every time I go to baby, every time when I get invited to a baby shower, you're like, I ain't doing this. No. They, They should expect this. I send gifts. Meaning, I don't send it at the baby shower. After the baby shower, it gets sent to their house. There's a bunch of BJ's, Pampers, diapers, Target. I didn't send a hundred dollars worth of shit to people's houses. You know, after you, the but fact. But you don't attend a baby shower. I can't. I, it's just it's just too much to me. I feel like. So that like pink shit or that blue shit, and you're just like. Oh, it's not even God. that. I've been to baby showers. It's just I'm sitting there waiting for something to happen. There's nothing. Okay, cute, and then I'm out. I don't, I don't, you know, I you see don't so much, <laughs> I see so much fakeness at baby showers. You know, people wish you well, but then they, they, they're really there because you don't tell them who the baby father is and they're expecting the baby father to show up. Come so on. they want to be, I swear, I kid to you not. Come on. In, Wait, in I, the, I want, I want to touch back on this kid thing. Go but ahead. I'll say this. All right. I'll, I'll say this and we'll move on to the baby shower thing. Unfortunately, the way our society is structured, there is a lack of discipline that stems from fear of being ostracized and being victimized for installing that discipline in fashions that may seem aggressive. Mm-hmm. Okay, And I will touch on this the same way that I, I've touched on the, the Marshawn Lynch situation is the same way that I touched on this one. We cannot coddle people a hundred percent. Coddling is fifty percent. We all need to be coddled, but there has to be a sense of tough love. 
there has to be a sense of order and it has to be a sense of structure of hierarchy. But how far do you go? You got to go as far as to you got to go as far as to let them know that there are effects about the things that you do. Everything that you do has an effect. You're not you, 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 the only age that you're not aware of this is one, two, three, four. Once you turn five, you're aware of what discipline is. You're aware of when I do X, some weird shape, way, form, a Y is going to happen. I'm not cognitive of what an X and a Y is. I just know that there's a relationship that seems to correlate. And I don't know how to put that in words just yet. By the time you're 12, 13, you can formulate it. By the time that you're 18 years old, you're fully aware when X happened, all of these Ys happened. I don't condone the officer arresting the child and being in, 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 in a way where the proper steps were not took. But we're a soft society. We depend on other people to take care of a situation that we can clearly take care of ourselves. And everyone is very protective over their children, as you fucking should be. But your child is not perfect. Mm-hmm. Your child is a human being. And he's he or she is perfectly capable of being a piece of shit mm-hmm. at six years old. That little cute smile that you see in the morning, that's adorable. Your kid's still a piece of shit. Mm -hmm. And when your kid acts like a piece of shit, they're going to get treated like... A piece of shit. So I, you know, I'm... Am I appalled that... That that happened? That that happened, yes. But there's more to the story than just a kid just randomly got arrested. There's a cop that, for, for whatever instance, right... They, uh, a cop visited, there was a, there was a black family that had a pool party. So the cop comes to the pool party and is just like, yo, I just see a whole bunch of teenagers. So this one girl kind of like says something and she just kind of like aggressively gets in the cop's face, not in a way where it's threatening, but just like you're talking to me, I'm talking back. You're talking to me, I'm talking back. The cop comes behind her, flips her over, throws her on the ground, arrests her. Was that necessary? No. Fuck no. It's definitely not necessary. In that point in time, he felt... He didn't feel threatened. He felt that the authority and the hierarchy was not... Like, you're supposed to listen to me. You're not going to respect me. You're not going to respect me unless I do something drastic. That's, That's the culture that we live at. And it's a really fucked up culture. You see it in drug shows all the time. We were just talking about Top Boy, right? Mm-hmm. Cool. You've been pushing work on the block all day. There's somebody that's younger than you that's like, yo, dog, you pussy. You're a fucking waste man. You know what I mean, bro? Like, you pussy. If you say bro one more time. I can't help it. Can't it just help. it just comes out now? I can't help it. it. Just, it's just smooth. It's smoothly coming out. But you see somebody that thinks that you're soft and they're going to try and take your spot. You got to show you got to flex your authority. That tough love is necessary. It 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 ha- it serves a purpose. I don't say that it doesn't, but it's a certain level that you have to go at. I'm I'm sorry, like this is something we're just gonna have to agree to disagree. No, no, no. 
I mean, we, I, get, we, I, I think get, we equally see each other's points. I understand. I get what you're saying. Tough love is necessary. I agree. I don't think that it's not necessary. Right. It's just how much you're giving. Right. Is the point at debate? Like this is this is the point where we have to debate at because I feel like there's a certain level you got to give, and then there's a certain level of compassion you have to give. Some people get no compassion whatsoever. And those and are, nothing those but are tough your murderers. Love. Those and are that, your, yeah. And that's how you don't understand the difference when somebody's trying to say, you're doing a great job when you are doing a great job. When you're not, I'm going to be on your ass about it. You know? I can understand that. But if I'm going to keep nagging and digging, if I'm picking at the same fucking scar, I'm not giving it a chance to heal. I'm not giving it a chance to heal. Therefore, it's going to be infected. And that's where you get your murderers and your killers from. You never gave those chances to heal. I would love to see outreach groups for more outreach groups for young men to express their emotions, to actually get a sense of what it is to be loved without a relationship with a female. You know, that's what fucking it, deep. Like, I want that's fucking deep, man. I want young males to understand that it starts with them. That's deep. because you can you can educate. There's plenty of groups and outreaches and programs. You know, there's always boys and a, girls club is just like right. It, but it, but boys and girls club is kind of like a shit show now. A lot of these a lot of these clubs are just mainstream. They keep it level. I want them to have something a little deeper where there's a therapist involved where they have group meetings and they don't feel ashamed to express themselves because they feel like somebody's going to judge them this is a judge-free zone i want you to explain to me why you feel or why did you do what you did this week so you can process and when you get of age and you decide to be with a female or you decide to be on your own or decide to discover yourself, you don't feel like you're confound. And then therefore you don't feel like somebody either owes you something, you owe somebody else something. I want you to be your own individual without everybody else deciding who you're supposed to be. I haven't, I used to think therapy was for people who were crazy. A lot of people, it's a very, very common misconception. And it's a very common misconception in the African-American community, um, which is extremely sad. As if you're weak. As if you're weak or you're... Um, mentally disturbed. Mentally disturbed, weird. And and there's one thing that you know people don't want to be... Um, I've grown to accept the fact that I'm weird, but I, I use my weird as a way of finagling education because I want to I'm inquisitive about things right but when I went I went to therapy I had a lot going on and I went to therapy and when I tell you therapy saved my fucking life mm-hmm. it, it it gave me the the space and my therapist was an amazing woman um, her name was Angelica Perez and her, her, the way that she would structure her sessions was that she would always say that, um, what I am is a mirror. You talk to me. I just show you back what you talk to me about. And over time, you're going to start to see certain patterns in your life. 
And you're going to pick up on those patterns. And we're going to keep talking and keep talking and keep talking. And when you start to see those patterns happening, we're going to build certain things up for you to help you defeat those patterns. And we saw each other for about a year. Uh, For the first four months, maybe first six months, if I could be honest, I didn't really give it a try. But it wasn't until month nine that shit started clicking. Um, and when I was able to vent a lot of the frustrations that I had um, growing up as a black male in this country, um, having societal pressures of what manhood is, when I cannot identify what manhood is. Right. It's, you know... Uh, one excuse that I used to hear all the time was like, you know, you know, you you know, you have a lot of uncles and you have a lot of cousins and shit like that. That doesn't mean anything. That doesn't mean anything. And I mean, like, not taking any credit away from them, they were very instrumental in my life, but not in the way that you needed. It to I be. needed it to be. Um. And when you couple a lot of those things with just like your self discovery, understanding your manhood. Um, there are outside forces that are telling you what manhood is, but you don't quite identify it. So you don't know where you are. Therapy helped me figure it the fuck out. Why'd you stop going? Unfortunately, she, she moved away Mm. and we never reconnected. And there was a time period where I, I stopped going for three weeks. And when I came back and I was like, yeah, I'm ready to go see her. They was like, I'm sorry, Angelica left. And I'm like, I, I I literally felt like a family member died. I remember like on my way back home from therapy, like I, I didn't like ball out and burst into tears, but I was just like, you were hurt. Oh my God. Oh my God. I was destroyed. I was destroyed. Like she, she really helped. That was your sanctuary. It was the safest place. I can say anything. Um, and we started to touch the, we started to get to the, like the nook and crannies of a lot of issues. We started to get into, um, basically me finding leadership in my manhood without males that I respect are present. And by respect, not meaning that I don't respect them as an individual, but I don't look at them as a mentor or a father figure or somebody that I can just sit there and follow behind and like kind of give my questions to and get equally great answers. So she wasn't there. And that was another point in time in my life where I was just like, all right, fuck it. I got to figure it out. Mm -hmm. So when you say like, you know, you would love like programs, I would love to see programs that develop young males to be and not that Steve Harvey get a haircut bullshit like that no. nothing no no I think he, I think I think he's I think he's full of I think he's full of shit he's all the way full of shit yeah and I think he's I think he's so old school and so like narcissistic like narcissistic when it comes to like the development of of males that it's not even it's you know you should put on a suit shave your hair down I was so appalled with his um his recent program that he supported 
um, they, they, you know, this, this kid was like, not sure about like cutting his dreads and it was like, you should cut your dreads off. Or, sorry. I don't want to say dreads. There's a lot of people that hate the word dreads because it represents something evil. Mm-hmm. You should cut your locks off because you want to make a better impersonation, a better impression when you get onto the world. And it was like, that's bullshit, my dude. That's bullshit. You can have locks, beautiful locks and be the same intelligent being as if you did not have locks. Your locks do not define your integrity. It doesn't defi- define your character. Right. You define that. No one, your hairstyle will not define that for you. Are people going to judge you? Of course. People are going to judge you regardless. But you know what? Hair comes into a lot of factors. Hair comes into a lot of factors when someone is trying to find themselves. Yeah. Especially when the norm is to get braids, the norm is to have your hair kempt, the norm is to have it straight and flattened, the norm is to, you know, wear weaves. I've done it all. I've had my hair short, I've had my hair long, I've had it relaxed, I have it natural now. Um, And at one point in time, I just thought like, hey, it's hair is hair, you know, but once I went natural, remember when I called you? Yeah, you, that was an so, epic. That was a that was so, a very interesting point in okay, time in your life. So funny story, I called um, Vincent. I was in the midst of uh, a trial. I was no, it wasn't a trial. I was about to wash my hair. It was my day off. I was about to wash my hair, and I noticed that it was like really damaged in certain spots. And I watch a lot of YouTube videos, watch these girls do all this stuff. I'm always doing different things with my hair, you know? Right. And I just said, Hey, it's time. So they said, um, I said to myself, you know, it's time. Let's try something new. Let's just jump into it. So I jump into it and, um, lo and behold, I called Vincent cause I was so scared I you were, you were terrified I was petrified I had tears coming down my face and I've had my hair cut before I've had my hair dyed before flat iron whatever may have you but for some reason in this stage of my life I felt like this was one of the biggest leaps and once I made the leap I covered it up with another weave once I did it and then but here's but the what thing made you, but what, what made the, the leap it made the leap because I was tired of the way my hair was looking. It was uneven in the middle. It was it was messed up, and then it was like there's a lot of stringy. female listeners that's gonna be like, "Bitch, you I would have never did that." Listen, it was uh two. It was two different types. It was straight from the relaxer, then it was a different texture that I saw, and I said, "Hey, this looks kind of different." Like I've actually, I started to become curious as I looked in the mirror. And then when I called you and you told me like, hey, um, why are you calling me? Are you okay? Yeah, yeah, no. You heard me crying and stuff. Yeah, because I'm, I'm like, like, yo, are you fucking good? And like, I'm like, oh, God. Do I got to run uptown or I'm something? I'm like, please, I hope he doesn't come here after I cut my hair off. Like, I didn't want to seem like I was going through a breakdown or a break, you know, I didn't want to seem like I was going crazy, but I was literally in the house by myself and I felt like... I need to relieve myself of some type of burden. And it felt like a burden was lifted once I cut it and I saw some of my hair texture. I said, okay, this is, this is different. You know, let's see where this goes. 
And since then, I've been taking proper care of my health, my hair. And I've it's taken me a couple of months to actually walk outside without a wig on, without a weave, without a hat on, or whatever may have you, to actually say, hey, fuck it, it's my hair. I love it. I had to grow to love myself. That's a big thing that came out of that. I already loved myself, you know. I already was confident in myself, but I wasn't confident in how I look naturally, you know. It's crazy how synonymous self-identity correlates with how you do your hair. I felt like a little girl in a closet when I came and we just walked outside one day with my natural hair out. I felt like a little girl walking out of a closet full of coats. You know how you ever hit you ever hit in a in a closet full of coats and you feel real comfy and confound and just like secure. I know what you mean. And then once I walked out there was nothing to touch cuz everything was open around me. You it had know. to be a very vulnerable position. I was very vulnerable with myself, not with others. I don't give a fuck what others think, you know. It's it's a matter of you can think that, but I think three times different than you, you know. I'm not going to judge you, but if you judge me, you judge me. That's it. You know, you don't have to you don't have to fuck with me. But it was the fact that I was fucking with myself. That's what it was. So I came outside and all I did was merely go to the corner store. And you see the corner store is literally on my corner. Yeah, I know. So it's broad daylight. I walk outside. I walk to the corner. I go inside. And I notice that nobody is, like, paying attention to me. Nobody is saying anything. Oh, your hair. but Nothing. So I said, oh, okay. This is good. Because usually it's always... I love your hair. Girl, who did your hair? Who did this? Oh, did your hair look nice. That's a good wig. Blah, blah, blah. Where you get that from? No, bitch. Not today. <laughs> so, now I get different type of compliments. And it's very, very weird. And I don't like some of them. I'm, I'm kind of... Because I... We can talk, talk hair stories because I get, I get crazy. I have gotten... I went to Popeye's. And a lady came up to me, just tapped me on the shoulder. I had my headphones and tapped me on the shoulder and said, hey, what products do you use for your hair? How do you get your hair so curly? I said, water and gel. She's like, so how come my hair doesn't get like that? I said, because we have different hair types, love. Yep. You know? And um, she's yep. like, oh, okay, because yours is so springy and it's so nice. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate you. Did she try to reach in for it? No. <sighs> I, th- I feel like they know better. Because I give that face like... Don't fucking touch my hair. But some of my coworkers think they get real familiar. So once I start wearing my hair out, one of them called me Khadijah. I almost took him to HR. Yeah, that's... Um, so then, like then, another, then another one said, I need you to sh- um, shake your head and roll your neck and go, uh-uh. Oh, that's so fucking racist. And I'm like... Bro. And I asked him. I pulled him to the side because he that's, said that. No, that's not racist. That's so fucking, like, ignorant. He, he, went, he said that in front of somebody, and I guess he was trying to get a laugh, yeah. and it was no laugh. So I pulled him to the side later on in the day and said, hey, man, you know. Um, what you said was, like, that wasn't cool. I didn't appreciate it. Yes. Yeah, and then I started wearing my wraps at work. Yeah. I started putting my wraps on. Somebody kept saying that I look like Harriet Tubman. Oh. So I said, ha ha, very funny. You know, I don't, I don't feel it's anything. Jokes. It's jokes, but it's not even funny jokes. I told him, I said, 
you know I'm a, I'm a class clown. I'm going to joke and crack on you all day. But when I crack on you, I'm going to get some type of laughter out of somebody else. Not you, somebody else. When you make jokes, the only person laughing is you. Mm. I said, now, here's how this goes. The only person that's going to be laughing in this situation is me when I take you to HR. Stop making these jokes because it's not funny. He was like, oh, it's not that serious. It is serious because, one, if you're going to make a joke, make somebody laugh beside yourself. It's not creative. It's not funny, you know. The only person that you find amusing. And you're saying the same thing repetitively. Like somebody's supposed to laugh after the fifth time you called me Harriet Tubman. It's not funny. So, and I said, I'm sorry. What? Wait a minute. Hold on. Wait a minute. Did you look like Harriet Tubman though? No. But it was either Harriet Tubman or Aunt Jemima. And it's because they called me that because... I think it had a race thing to do with it because it's nothing but blacks and Hispanics in the store. And it was only the Hispanics calling me this. And I said, you know what's so funny? I look more like Celia Cruz than anything, but you won't give me that compliment. You know? That's a fact. But the funny shit is, it's like, I didn't feel, I didn't feel any type of way about it. I just felt that it was corny. If you're going to come up with a joke, say something funny. Don't say no corny stuff that... Is only going to because you're Spanish and he's Spanish. Y'all supposed to laugh together. You know that's not no, just because I'm black and you're black doesn't mean we laugh at the same, same jokes. jokes. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and I'm like, could you come up with something else? You're using the same type of lines that white people use to oppress us. You know, okay. Generally, and then they'll come up and they'll try to touch. I said, please, if you touch my hair. Yeah, that's see, this is where this is where I gotta expect I gotta try a reaction. Man. So one girl went to try to touch my hair and I curved her. Yeah. I went and did that little snake move. Yeah. And she said, what? I said, what you mean, what? Do I touch you? Yeah. I don't touch you at all. I don't even give you a dab. Why would you try to touch me? I don't like when I finally get my hair retwisted and it's it seems inviting for people to touch my hair, especially if I don't know you. Even if Even, even if I know you, I don't fuck you. Don't touch my hair. Even if I fuck you, please be careful about. T- I'm very like. It depends on how you touch, touch the my hair. hair. Like right. I don't. I don't like when people come and it's a very dismissive. Oh, you finally got your hair done, and they kind of grab it. I'm like, don't, don't fucking don't put do your that. hand. Don't touch my hair. Don't do that. I don't like people touching my hair. I don't like people um, reaching for my hair. I don't like people um, trying to grab my hair if I don't know you that right. well. I don't know where the fuck your hands been. And I don't, I don't, what I also don't like, I don't like when people who are not used to seeing individuals with locks right. feel as though, like, they ask, like, really dumb questions about locks. Mm-hmm. For instance, I had one individual, she, um, I had told her, I was like, I said, well, I go to a salon, and um, I said, I go to a salon, and um, I get my hair washed once a month. So she looks at me and she's just like, um, so she looks at me and she's just like, like what? Like you, you get your hair washed like once a month. And I had to explain to her, I'm like, yeah, like it's not, I can't get it washed like every two weeks. She's like, so your locks are dirty. And I'm like, no, no, they're not dirty. Well, if you don't wash them every day or every week, like it's dirty. I'm like, I don't. she Caucasian? See, waste men. They don't know. It, it's um. They don't know. 
<laughs> it's sad. You know what I mean? And it's, I, it's miseducation. It's, you, it's cultural appropriation. Oh, boy. That's at, its, at its fullest. So? There's certain things that you just don't do, you don't say, you don't you don't go about. Don't touch my hair unless you ask me. My friend I was telling you about at work that we going to the movies. Mm-hmm. He he has natural hair. When he saw mine, he was in love with it. He said, "Wow, I'm always seeing you with a wig on and blah blah." blah. He was like, "All that money you didn't pay for that, and you got all that beautiful hair under there." I was like, <laughs> "He's feeling your shit." What? You was feeling it. Yeah, I was feeling the compliment. But at the same time, he asked me. He said, hey, can I touch your hair? I said, go ahead. Yeah, if you ask me, I'll let you, you know, touch it. But it was, it, was a, it was an enlightenment moment. Like, like you know. Yeah. And then now I get at work when I get a customer come up to me. Oh, hey, sister. How you doing, sister? You can't help me out, blah, blah, blah. Excuse me. I'm not your sister. God, Just I because that. I have natural hair doesn't I mean I fuck with you. That. I hate when people call me brother and they're not black. Oh, my brother. brother. Okay, brother. No, okay, okay, sister. I'm sorry. I have one brother. I don't need a brother or a sister. I don't need another piece of kin. Right. That pisses me off to the fullest. One of the girls came up to me and said, sis, you can't help me out. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I went over to the sister. I'm not a sister. I'm not a sister. I don't have I'm not going to fucking help you. Because because you have uh, you have kinky hair, I have kinky hair. I'm supposed to help you out. No, bitch, you're wrong. Yeah. <laughs> you're wrong. You're absolutely wrong. I'm gonna abide by the rules, and I can't help you. This is above me now. It's above me. It's surely above. It's above me, me now. Like, it, and I get I get different vibes. I get positive vibes, but then at the same time, I get vibes where. They feel because I'm natural, I'm supposed to help you out. Or I'm supposed to be down with the power or, you know, I'm supposed to be just just all protesting vibes. Yeah, no, I, I get and that And I'm too. like, are you serious? That's not what this is about. I get that too. I get, um, I was I was recently profiled at, uh, at a Dunkin' Donuts. It was really bad. Was a really Dunkin' bad. Donuts? It was really bad. Like, I actually used a restroom and it wasn't a restroom, it wasn't even for me, it was for my mom. So we were getting ready to go. Um, had to go do some work, and so I come in in my like work clothes, like gardening clothes or whatever, um, sweatpants, sweatshirt, yada yada yada. So she, the girl must have thought I was homeless, which I kind of can understand. I'm in work clothes, like you clearly can see. Like, I look a little dirty. I look a little dirty. I look like a I've lot been, of dirty. Right. I look like I've been doing yard work, and we were just like, yo, we just wanted to get some coffee. It was early in the morning. We just wanted to get coffee. Mm-hmm. So she comes up to, I go up to her and I'm like, hey, do you mind? Oh, my mom just needs to use the bathroom. Can you? Well, we don't give out the key for the bathroom. I'm like, okay. My mother walks up to the counter and she's just like, do you have a key for the bathroom? Can you open up the bathroom? Do I have to use the bathroom? I'm like, she has to use the bathroom. And so she, she looks at me and I walk her to the bathroom to make sure, you know, no mm-hmm. bums are in there or whatever, yada, yada, yada. And she's like, why the fuck didn't she give you the key? I was like, I was like, and, and I was even honest. I said, "Ma, I look kind of homeless. Like I, I know this is my work clothes and whatever. So, like, but I'm like, I look crazy." Mm-hmm. She gets out of the bathroom. She walks up to the counter. She said, "Don't you ever fucking read a book by its fucking cover. You're a piece of shit," and walks out. Nice. My mother would have said worse, but nice. I was, I was just like, "Go, mom." Oh. <laughs> Let's get the coffee and get the fuck out of here. You know what I mean? 
But um, I thrive for situations like that. I'd be waiting for my aunt to curse people out. Like, no. and, and and she didn't think I could. Then then what what made me even more upset was she didn't think I could afford it. And so usually um, we have a we have a, one of our very close family friends. He comes out with us, and whenever we have to do like certain work and shit like that, he usually tags along, and he usually pays. Mm-hmm. And that time, you know, sometime I'll pay. Most of the time, he pays, um, because he just. He's like just that. Ha- that's yeah, just right. him. You right. know what I mean? We we end up getting into arguments about who pays. That's that's the argument. That's your argument. Right. So he was getting ready to pay and I just told him, I, and I looked at him sternly. I said, put your wallet in your pocket. Oh, I met him. Yeah, you did. Yeah. So He's nice. He's very sweet. So I paid for it. And he's like, you know, you sure? I said, no, it's all right. People don't think I got money anyway. They think I'm broke. Like, they think I'm broke. They think I look like J. Cole. J. Cole like looks broke as fuck. He looks broke but, like that on purpose. But he's so filthy. Mm-hmm. But you know what I'm saying? It's that Bill Gates mentality. You know Bill Gates wears tennis shoes that's only $15. He what? He, he wears cheap stuff. All of his house, one of his, um, well, one of his houses, he went um, garage sale shopping to fill the house up with. Smart man. Motherfucker's worth billions. Smart won't, man won't buy no furniture. I'm like, oh wow, I'm getting used furniture. Did you see Mark Zuckerberg's baby shower? The the mo- the simplest baby shower. You just had a banner, some food. The living room. The living room is as small as but fucking hell. The living hell. room looked like somebody Pedro's little corner. Straight. But you know what though? This man is. They worth, had fun. They had fun. That's what it's about. They had fun. People forget why these things appear. You have baby showers to welcome the child. You have baby showers to welcome the child. Feel with welcome. With people that you have, love. Yes. Have people come in with gifts to, to flourish for the child. You know, you know, give give to the child and the child comes in. You're prepared. You're ready to at least start you off. Put you on your feet. That's what a baby shower is for. People think it's it's dramatized. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's dramatic. It brings back to the point where I'm having a shower. I want all my friends who can't have kids. I want all my friends who don't want kids. I want all my friends, my aunties, everybody to be there. And on the other side of it, everybody's going to see who the fa- child's father is because they don't know who they are. Or they know who they are. They just want to be nosy and see who brought what. It's a whole nosy thing. It's a social media thing. They show off, and then right after that, some drama stuff pops off. You put them on child support or some shit. Some dumb shit like that. Like it's like there's no happy ending. That's what it, that's what social media makes it out to seem with most low income houses. When it comes to ch- having children, it comes to the point where the highest part or the peak of the child's Existence is a baby shower or a birthday, and that's it. After that is just like whatever is whatever. You know, your kid, your parents split up. Your parents is there, not there. It just happens. It's life. How do we get out? We stop. There has to be somebody to cut the thread. Somebody to be in that mind state of saying, you know what? I don't want to be this way. Before it even gets that to that point, or if it gets to that point, how I just gotta stop it. I can't, I can't keep living like this. 
why do I want to do the same repetitive things that my mother has done or somebody in my family has went through or one of my friends has gone through? If all three of us aren't with our baby fathers and are struggling with child support or struggling with food stamps, somebody has to come out of that. You know, if I'm using the child support for trips and then struggling when I get back, some somebody has to come out of that and say, just raise your hand and be like, I've had enough. What do I do? But that, but then at that point, it's extra hard because now you got a kid. It's hard to save money because you're doing everything by yourself because you gave that man a pass. Mm. You gave that man a pass to go do whatever the fuck he want to do and pull this I'm independent type of bullshit. Independency is fine. Being independent is welcome. But at the same time, when you need help, you need to swallow that pill and say, hey, I need help. And you should be able to rely on the other person that made that child, the other half of that child, to come up and say, I can help you. But that's the problem with today. Mm. They so prideful. Mm. They won't do that. They're so prideful. They won't go and say, hey, I'm sorry. You know, oh, hey, I'm sorry too. Can we get back to this? The main focus is so-and-so, not us. I saw um, as a social media socialite. Uh, his name is Ami the Hellcat. And this guy... Um, purchased a lot of luxurious cars and shit like that and he said something about pride um when he said that when you become too prideful to say that you won't do something that's usually what will stop you from getting to your next blessing I'll end this podcast with saying this pride can be a very good thing Pride is usually what keeps you from doing something really kind of deplorable or something real embarrassing. But when you're too prideful to admit that you have fault or when you're wrong or that you need help or to face the reality that you are not as you say you are, that's usually when most that's usually when the blessing that you need stops and it doesn't come your way. And it's very unfortunate that you're willing to hold on to that prideful attitude instead of throwing that shit to the side and resolving an issue that requires empathy, transparency, and maturity. Pride is just an aid. It's not the band-aid it's the ointment you know what i'm saying it helps with healing it's not the main focus it's not the only thing that that you can look forward to you know people say well the first thing about them my characteristics i'm prideful i have a lot of pride okay you have a lot of pride but it's dependent on how you use it if you use it to be stubborn that's not getting you nowhere that's you're blocking your own blessings by you being set in your ways instead of trying to broaden your horizons. You're focused one way and that's just going to be it. That's it. I ain't changing for nobody, yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. But you got to break and out of that th- mold, And then man. you fuck up your own self. You're, you're the only person that's fucking you over is yourself. 
I said I wanted to lie for the niggas in the back. <laughs> it's the truth. Ideal, where can they find you at? Uh, my social media. Your IG. Let's start with the IG. Just the IG. That's enough. Simply underscore ideal. Simple, yet rememberable. <laughs> Simply underscore ideal. They don't believe it's my name anyway. So Exactly. So and that's the, that's the cool part about it. Um, I am your host, Video Only Letter, and this is another episode of the All That Sexy Podcast. And remember, you're sexy. It fits you a lot better than it fits me. Thanks, guys. Take it easy. Thank you so much for listening to the All That Sexy Podcast. Again, I think I said it. I'm pretty sure I said it. Well, it doesn't matter. You guys love me anyway. You can find me on all social media platforms at V-T-H-E-O-N-L-Y-L-E-T-T-E-R on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You already know all that shit. You can also follow the podcast on the same social media platforms and tune in every Tuesday for new episodes, new insight, new intellect, and of course, new debauchery on da, 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 SoundCloud. Links will be posted to all respective platforms. I love you all from the middle of my heart, like right at the left atrium, like in that little area. That's where all the love is. Boop. Please like, share, and subscribe. And remember, stay sexy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I can see it in your eyes, ooh, shorty, I can see it in your eyes.